This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Joined today on the podcast by Derek Young. I've had his brother Darren on the podcast, but now it's Derek's turn. First question, Derek, what are you up to now? Um, at this moment in time, after I've finished, um, I managed to get myself into the academy at Aberdeen. Um, I knew it was a kid that had it in my head that I was going to be retiring a couple of years ago. Um, I had offers to go to other clubs, but... Um, I spoke to Neil Simpson and Gavin Levy and at, and at Aberdeen about the, the coaching side of things with the academy uh, and uh, spoke to them at length, spoke to a few other people um, about what it was like when they retired and, and what did they go and do uh, and then when I got my head around it I think it was probably the, the best idea and just thankfully a, a job came up in the, the academy and I managed to get my myself in for an interview, my first ever interview in my life, um, and I managed to get myself in, and uh, I, I, got, I got a job to help me with one of the teams, so it was it was a, a good start, um, and now I'm helping out uh, one of the, the SFA performance schools, uh, Hazel Head Academy up here in Aberdeen, um, so it's, it's working well, I've got two, two part-time jobs in football, which is which is great. In terms of your role on a day-to-day basis and at the academy, what's that like? It's it's part-time stuff at the moment. It's it's at night and that stuff. So my my day-to-day stuff really is. I I go and coach at the school first with Stuart Glennie. Uh, Stuart is the main coach in there. He's also um, one of the coaches of the Scotland under 16s and 17s teams as well. Um, So he's in there. So he's he's been fantastic with me. So he's um, I go in and help him when the, when the kids have got their, their football coach and then later on at night uh, I get myself into Aberdeen uh, which is literally 10 minutes along the road to, to the school that I'm at and then, uh, I just I, I take it from there we, we go in and set up what we need to do at the training ground and then just take it, by, take it from there I want to rewind back to your childhood and when you first started playing football who were your heroes growing up and what was it like growing up with a brother who was who was very good at football as well um, I don't think I had too many heroes to be honest. I just I just loved playing football, and that was I was you hear it quite a lot now with players around about my age that what what did they do? And it was all we did myself and Dan was play football, and it just so happened that he was obsessed with playing football as well. Um, and that's all we ever done. I mean, we were the type of kids that took a ball to school and took a ball everywhere. I mean, if you went to the shops with your mum and you were doing keep you ups going to the <laughs> going to the shops or whatever, but we were we were lucky in a way that we, where we stayed, we, uh, we stayed in Carlisle, well. uh, and at the front of where we stayed, there was a big massive bit of uh, patch of grass, and that's where everybody used to just go and there would be a, a twenty side football matches, but it would be folk field. There was all different ages and sizes and everything, so we, we kind of grew up with that right on my doorstep, which obviously helps. Um, 
and they obviously never had um, outside things like phones and internets and all the rest of it that, 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 that would have took you away from that. So it was just constant football and playing against older guys and getting yourself better and getting kicked for pillar to post. And, and then these other guys weren't here. It was myself and Darren maybe just playing long shots or 1v1s or whatever. So it was just constant, constant football for a very early age. In terms of being younger and playing boys club, etc., do you think the fact that you and your brother had each other to, to play football with helped spur you on to, to ultimately both become professionals in the end? Um, massively. I think they obviously helped each other all the way. Um, but for me, it was just, you're always looking up to your brother. Uh, everything he was doing, he was doing it right. and um, So I'm basically just following in, in his footsteps. I mean, he was always... always First one at this, first first one to get into the better team. He was getting player of the years when he was at his boys' club, and I was trying my best to get them at my um, younger boys' club and whatever else. So it just kind of worked like that, and it worked all the way up to where we were full time. Because but Dan lived up to Aberdeen a year before me, and then we went finally went full time. But when I came up, Dan's um, in the first team. So he was in. He was straight in the first team at seventeen. Um, so when I came up, I'm at sixteen years old. Just just turned sixteen. I'm I'm watching him every day. Well, I mean they were training right next day. But you know, I'm watching him every other day training with the first team. He's coming back and telling stories, and all of a sudden he's getting games for the first team. And I'm I'm watching everything and uh, things like that. So to me, that was my next kind of goal. If, if Dan can do that, I can I can go and do that. If Lance stop me if he go and do that. So. It was always there to push me on, and I think for Dan having me there as well, it's, it, it takes a bit of pressure off. And I mean, you've got a brother there that's you're away from home, but we've got each other there, so it obviously helped massively. But seeing how well Dan done up through the years, and even daft things when we were younger, and you were getting into Scotland teams and things like that, um, that was another thing. It was right, like, right. I need to get into the Scotland team. I need, I need to get myself into the under 16, 17s. 18s, the under 21s. So it just he kept. I mean, it was you're always trying to push yourself. And like I said, having Dan as a kind of role model right right in front of me there, it was it was massive. When was the first time you felt you had a, a really really good chance of becoming a professional footballer? Um, I'm not actually too sure. But the thing that I, I do remember is when I was maybe 13, 14. You're, you're training me a lot. Of, be a lot of clubs, maybe even younger than that, to be honest. Because uh, at one point, I think with Darren, Darren was exactly the same. We were out every night of the week, but it's not all the same now where you've got the, you're, you're with one academy and that, that's where you stay. And a Monday night, I was out with Aberdeen at Strathclyde Park on an ash pitch. A Tuesday night, I was outside um, Ibrox with, with Rangers on the, on the Astro. A Wednesday night, I was through at Edinburgh with Hearts. Um, a Thursday and Friday there were sometimes other teams involved there but that was and that was including playing with your boys club team as well uh, and you would have school games at the weekend if you were involved with your school but um, the fact that you were involved with all these clubs um, it kind of had a wee inkling that you were you were doing something right and you were, you were um, like I said as you get older and you start knowing all the other players that are around about you and you play against these teams every so often with the academy, with the, 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 the professional team that you're playing with. You know folk that are in your position. and um, 
So it was sort of like I said, it's around about, I would say, 13, 14, 15, maybe you, you start thinking, yeah, I've got a, a good chance here of, of um, doing something out of this. But there was, never, there, was, there was never anything else in my head that I, I wanted to be either. That was the thing. It was, it was always just football daft. There, was, there wasn't a, a backup plan um, by, by any means. And it was just, that's what I was good at and that's what I, that's what I was going to try and be. When you sign your <clears throat> first full-time deal with Aberdeen, just how proud a moment was that for, for you and the family? Obviously, we know Darren went up before you, so because the both of you had made it as such, did that make it even even better for, for, for the family? Oh, it was great, yeah. But the, the, the thing with it was, with both of us, we actually get picked up at the same time. Um, I was 10 and Darren was 11, um, way, way back then, and... One of the scouts had spotted us and spoke to the manager and says that he wanted us to come to training. So from the age of 10, for myself and down 11, um, all the way up to us getting into, getting into Aberdeen's, Aberdeen's first team was, was fantastic. Um, obviously, a lot of hard work put into that as well. Um, but like I said, at the time, you're, you're training with other clubs and other teams are wanting to sign S forms. I had... Rangers and, and Hearts went not make things nice forms. Um, and then it was, it was going full-time. Other teams went not make it go full-time as well. So you had choices. So it was... I obviously knew the background where Aberdeen, how, how well Dan had been treated, how well I had been treated. And to be fair, I mean, my mum my and dad as well, the, the scouts and the, the coaches would always phone and tell us how we're progressing. Maybe... After we'd been down, uh, sorry, we'd been up the road for a week at Christmas and um, the October holidays, yeah, Christmas at the summer holidays and October holidays, things like that. Um, they were always good and when they seen my mum and dad, they'd be, they'd be speaking away. So they were always fantastic with us. Um, so when it came to going full time, it wasn't too much a hard choice. And yeah, there was one or two teams that were maybe a bigger name than Aberdeen, but for 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 how they looked after me and Dan and where we wanted to go in football because they've obviously got a, a fantastic reputation of bringing bringing through good, good uh, young boys. Um, there was there was only one place that we were going to end up, and it's been it's been proven to, to have been the, the right choice because um, we can now look back in a, a career which was um, a lot of good times at Aberdeen. When you first start training with the first team, who were the big characters in and around that dressing room? Um, there was there was a load. Um, we had a lot of fun boys in as well. That would, um, that would try to think who would go. Um, there was Ian Jess was in there. Billy Dodds, um, Dean Windass was there. Guys like Paul Bernard, John Ingalls. Um, so guys, guys like that were were always about. Um, and and you've got guys there. I mean, they were away playing in Scotland. These these were Scotland internationals that were about as well um, so it was great to be to be in amongst that but it was it was quite a good changing room in a way that they, they all got on there was a lot of banter flying about which is in most changing rooms but it was it was something I could relate to because I was, it was it was something I was like as well in my own day changing room and the, and the youth team changing room uh, but you had to be you had to have a wee bit about yourself I would, one of my jobs was cleaning the cleaning the boots and cleaning the kit in the, in the first team changing room. Um, so I was actually doing all this at the same time as training with the first team, kind of on and off. So you kind of got to know the guys on that like, personal level as well because you were in 
and cleaning up their dirty training gear whilst they're pelting socks and what knows at you. Um, <laughs> at the same time, you, you, you kind of felt go in and do your job and you, but you were kind of get, getting accepted. So when you were back over training with them, you, you didn't feel too out of there. I've got to ask you, but yeah, Dean Windass, what was he like? So, what's that? Sorry. I've got to ask you about Dean Windass. What was he like? Dino, Dino was fantastic. Um, Dino was great. He, he, he was really, really good with me. I mean, he, he, he tried and helped me. He actually showed me how to back up people for trying to win headers. I can always remember that sticking in my head because uh, Dino's not very tall either. Neither am I. Five, 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 nine. Um, so it was just a way I, I seen him. I was always kind of good in the air, but he, he, he taught me a few things just off the back. I, I can remember a, a training session. Um, he, he seen he's taught me how to try and just get up in front of a defender and hang up a wee bit longer, that, things like that. Um, so football side of things, great. The other side of things, just mental as a person. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's a hundred mile an hour. Never shut up. Um, always doing something. Couldn't couldn't sit at peace. Um, but. I mean, definitely somebody that I've had a, a, a lot of time for because, uh, I mean, away from all that, he was a very, very good football player and he, he proved that even at the age of 35, 36, I think. I mean, he was still scoring goals for home. So, um, no, a great, great character and somebody, like I said, it, it took time out to, to help me with my career. What do you remember about your, your debut? Were you nervous getting into that? Were you excited? A mix of two? My debut, I was, um, I just kind of turned 18 in the summer. We'd come back in um, for pre-season and um, I was I was in training with the first team. I'd been away, I think it was Hull, actually, we'd went to, we'd went down, down England for a pre-season and I'd been asked to go down and, and train with them. So I was in about it right from that, the start of that season. Um, but as the first game came up, there was a lot of injuries, um, especially up front. So I can remember um, when it came to the game, we'd, we'd kind of set out two teams on the on the Friday, and we'd, um, one of the other strikers had, had got injured as well. So I thought, and I'm kind of looking about, thinking there isn't actually any too much more cover apart from me. Um, so we went up to the game on the Saturday up at Inverness. It was a cup game, and then. I can remember being at the park and a couple of boys had kind of mentioned something to me, but the team still hadn't really been picked. <laughs> and uh, I was feeling fine, I was feeling great. And then I went inside and everybody, I was kind of one of the last ones going in. And then I went in and everybody was still kind of getting changed. And I thought, oh, well, what's happening here? And I can see Paul Hegarty kind of just looking at me and I kind of went over and says to him, I guess he's what's happening with the team. And he's like, you're playing, just go and get your strip. Whatever it was, number nine or ten. Um, you're starting. And that was it, there was nothing else. There was no anything else. I was like, oh, in at the deep end, here we go. And uh, it started great. Um, I can remember doing the warm-up, but it was fine. But I just, I can remember at one point the warm-up, I, can just, I could kind of feel my legs when I was running about there was never anybody that was was somebody that got um, nervous about different things like that. To me, it was always just another challenge, and that's what I would go and do, and just go and play as normal. But it was, it was a bit of tension in my legs, and 
I never thought anything of it. But the game started, and, and I can remember it right for the kick-off. We'd got a throw-in further up there. Half, I think it was about, I want to say about 30 seconds into the game, and I managed to get get the ball at the throw-in, go down the line, smash the ball across for Dodgy, and he scored straight away. So about 30 seconds into my baby, I've set up a goal. Um, so I'm thinking, this is fantastic. This is this is easy, this. Um, <laughs> I can just remember the rest of the game. I think I get it. I, 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 I was, I wasn't great at a bit of a beast, to be honest. Um, and I can just remember my legs just felt like lead weights. I just couldn't get about the park. Every time I took a touch, I felt as if it was coming off me. And I was still trying to make runs, but I just felt as if I was carrying. I felt as if I was carrying Dean Windass. <laughs> um, but I spoke to I spoke to Hoggy, the, the, the fitness coach at halftime. When it was hard, my legs just feel solid. I said, I don't feel nervous. And he says, he says to me, he says, it's like a nervous energy thing. It kind of sometimes can go through you. Like, just see how you are and go on with it and um, drink and all your look as age and whatever else. Um, go a bit of a rub. You can imagine the boys kind of looking at this wee 18-year-old getting a rub at half-time in his, his debut. Um, but I think I lasted about another 15, 20 minutes out there and then the manager took me off. But we won the game 2-0 when I set up a goal in the first 30 seconds. So I thought it was... Great, but I can just remember coming home. My mum and dad had come up to the game, and I was just sat in the back of the car driving back down to Glasgow because um, I was going down the road for the rest of the weekend. I could just remember sitting there, the shape he'd gone. I think I've blown, blown this because I was absolutely shocking apart from setting up a goal. Um, but no, thankfully it wasn't that. But it was a bit of, it was a bit of a day to be fair. In terms of making your debut. You quickly establish yourself in, in the team. You, you you get plenty of games under your belt. What was it like playing at Petodre? What was it like playing at Petodre? Yeah. Uh, it, was good. It, was, it was great. I mean, I'd obviously been there for a lot of games. Um, seen a lot, seen European games and that as well, even when I was younger, just because at different times when we were up. Um, so I'd seen it full and bouncing and I get, you'd been at a range of them. Celtic games there as well so you always wanted to be part of it and when you go full time um, you were sometimes helping out as ball boys and sometimes helping out before the game maybe chasing the balls for the first teamers as well um, so you kind of got that you, you got the feeling um, from that as well what I feel to Todd and that could feel like and then they started um, with reserve games and that there so you were playing it in the pitch every so often and uh, getting used to it and then just when I was like I said I was 17 at the time but we had a um, a couple of testimonials out in the park and I'd managed to get my get myself on in a couple of them when I was 17 um, and it was decent decent crowds there as well so it was great um, so the feeling when I actually went out and done it, it, was, it was I had nothing to worry about because I'd done it that many times so when I was, I was out Doing it with the first team, I didn't really worry about it too much. Um, obviously, you're, the only thing you're worrying about is making sure you're you're having a good game and you're, you're staying in the manager's plans to stay in the to stay in the first team. Uh, and thankfully, like I said before, it's uh, it, it worked out quite well. I mean, at, at times we had a pile of different managers that come in and out. You're, you're you're trying, like I said, you're, you're still a young boy at the time that these managers are coming and changing. You're trying. To, you try to establish yourself in the, in the first team. At the same time, you're getting moved different positions, and you're getting three weeks at maybe 
coming on as a striker, then another couple of weeks you're, you're playing out wide right, and then you're changing again to something else. Um, it's just basically how my career went, to be honest. But um, I must have been doing. I must have been a decent enough player in my head anyway <laughs> that uh, I was good enough to go and play these positions. I might not be been the best player there, but I could go in there and do a job and managers, certain managers, different managers, uh, I felt I could do a job in different positions and that, that, that's what happened and I, I loved it. But to Tadre, when it's bouncing, it's amazing. There's, there's not many places uh, like it, but um, I was just thankful to be a part of that and, uh, quite a lot of times. You mentioned the fact there you, you were good enough to play in multiple positions and to be honest with you, that's been shown in the fact that you had Alex Miller, you had Eddie Skodal, you had Steve Patterson, you had managers who, although the manager had changed, they still put you in the squad, they still put you in the start and the living. So what was it like playing under different managers in your time at Aberdeen? Because as I say, not a lot of the time when a different manager comes in, they, they, they change their plans and maybe you're out of the team, whereas you were quite lucky in the sense that you still played quite a lot of games no matter who was in charge. It was, it was hard. It was, it's a as soon as a new manager comes in, everybody's just out to impress. And like I said, it wasn't easy when you were a young boy trying to do it. Um, and at the same time, a new manager's come in. He's he's wanting his own players. He's he's obviously come in first and having a look. But the reason that the the manager before him said the sack, and that's because players haven't been doing it. So he's coming in and uh, thinking to himself, these players probably aren't good enough. So the manager that comes in, he's, he's obviously looking for the young boys, hoping that they can come in and um, hit the ground running for him. And uh, like you said, thankfully it was always on a less round about that. I thought it was my start, I was, I was always in the squad um, or thereabouts. And, uh, but it was, like I said, it was, it, it was tough when you're, <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to make a name for yourself and you're getting, like I said, certain managers come in and changing you about a bit and then maybe the formation changes as well so you're now maybe looking at yourself in the mirror going right well where do, where do I see myself playing but maybe only playing me one state up front now do I try and push myself as a wide man do I try and push myself as a number 10 kind of role so it was just kind of you were, you were just getting on with it and a lot of bodies coming and going as well so you've not got a you've not got a settled team there that, is, that the manager's kind of relying on and you're, you're maybe part of that settled team different guys are coming out guys are leaving and so it's tough but you just you need to have a mentally strong just keep turning up for training every day even if you don't think the, the manager having you as well I mean I, I didn't say that every manager I had was, loved me you know what I mean by any means but I would, I would always called upon I was always going to go in and, go in and put a shift in uh, some managers like me more than others, but like I said, you, you, when it comes to training, and um, you, you try your best through the week to make sure they've not got an excuse to to not play or, or have you sitting on their bench. Uh, so you just try and make it as hard for them as possible. And that's up to most individuals. Then um, I think most of the boys that sit there moan about things and, and don't put it in at the training sessions, they, they just get left behind and they get shown the door. During your time, your first spell at Aberdeen, you played a lot of league games, but you also had the chance to play in Europe a couple of times. What was it like playing in Europe? Was it a step up in standard? The thing about the, the, Europe was 
it was great. You know what I mean? It was absolutely amazing. Um, there's a lot of differences about it. It's obviously the big build-up that you get. I mean, you're flying away the night before and uh, training on the pitch before it. So there's a lot of hype around about it. And then you obviously get the different referees that are there. A lot of the places we kind of went with roasting, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> So you're, you're, you're playing in absolute scorching weather as well, which sounds fantastic, but when you're trying to run a bit for 90 minutes against a team that you know absolutely nothing about, um, it's, it's not ideal. Um, but it's, it's, it's great for them. I mean, it just shows you that you have done something. You have done something the year before to get yourself in a position that you're in Europe. Um, and made some some good times the first time. I mean, I think that's probably the highlight of that was um, playing Hertha Berlin. Um, they, I think we drew nothing each at home. I'm sure I should have scored a goal as well. I'm sure Darren, Darren had set me up at an angle and I tried to smash it across the goal lane. The boy read it, um, and the keeper read it. He'd, he'd stood up for long enough, and then tried to give him the eyes into the far corner. And he's, he's put his hat on it, which kind of killed me a wee bit. Um, but we finished that game nothing each, and then across there, and we done. But we ended up doing well. I think it. They got a man. In fact, they got a man sent off. A well-deserved sending off, but the referee was horrendous. Um, and you could see it. He was just trying his best, and all of a sudden, somebody else. I think it was Eric Delamo got sent off for us for absolutely nothing. So the referee was just desperate to um, square it up. So that's what he what he done. And I think they, they scored right in the last, right in the last minutes or something. Um, but a game that we ended up. We got beat, but the experience of it, because their, their stadium was just it was just getting finished um, for the European Championships in Germany. Um, or I think so. Um, so it was like a 60,000, 70,000 stadium, big bowl, unbelievable um, setting here place, you know what I mean? It was just incredible. Um, so for us to go and get a bit of that was... It was great because there was a lot of us at that time, a lot of young boys uh, in the team um, that had came through the youth. So, and a, a great bit of experience for us that we could we could take from it. Um, but that was that was definitely one of the highlights. Your form at Aberdeen in, in, in the in the European games led you to getting several Scotland under twenty one caps. What's it like when you go away with the national team, even at under twenty one level? How does it differ to club level? And also, who were the best players you played along alongside at Scotland under twenty ones? And um, the going away with Scotland was, was one of my favourite things. Uh, and I was, like I said, I was I was lucky enough from the age of sixteen, I think it was. I think I was, I was actually in at the schoolboys as well for a few games. Um, but right through, it, I managed to be in most of the Scotland squads that came out uh, every year at age level that I went up, and it was the best thing ever. Um, and at one point, I think it was under seventeens. I think we went to a couple of tournaments and there was about five or sixes for Aberdeen because um, we'd one of the best youth teams. We we, we won the league twice um, with our youth team. Um, so we had a, a lot of boys in the, the Scotland teams and we won we won a couple of tournaments, um, which was fantastic. But I just it was great. You're going away with you're going to lose one of the country and a lot of the boys that you obviously know because you've grown up playing against these guys all the time. So when you go away, you do. No, everybody. It's, you've got one or two exceptions that maybe have, have come up through from England, and, and but most of the guys that you went away with, like I said, it was we had a good setup. 
remember the boys at school. It was a good, a good, good set of boys. So it was like, if you went in the 16s and 17s, it was a lot of the same faces. 17s and 18s, a lot of the same faces again. So it was, it was decent. But thankfully, it was like I said, it was one of the, my, my biggest regrets is actually never making any of the, the, the full squad. Um, but loved every minute of the Scotland setup. It was absolutely amazing. Um, when I was in the um, when I was in the twenty ones, I think it was myself. I can remember Kenny Miller. I get called in there. We played a tournament in Wales or something, three three team tournament in Wales, a four team tournament in Wales, I think it was. Um it was myself, Kenny Miller was up front and I was just playing off him. Um and I'm well, I'm trying to remember who else would have been in that that team. So I think Michael Stewart was with us as well. Um but a lot of a lot of very, very good players in the team. Um, Stevie Caldwell would have been in there as well um, but I think it was maybe a week after we'd been away with them Scotland, uh, Kenny got a move to, to Rangers um, so we had a decent like I said with with good boys in the team but it was it was a bit, the best one of the best times I absolutely was going to be with Scotland Seven years at Aberdeen well over 100 appearances scored a fair few goals as well what were your what are your best memories from that first spell at the club? The first spell at Aberdeen, we had a we had a great team at one point. Um, and I think we ended up finishing third, maybe third in the league, fourth in the league. I can't remember. Um, but with a lot of young boys in the team, with Derek White, who was amazing as a captain, um, with Robbie Winters in there as well. Um, like I said, it was it was a team that would. There was maybe six or seven years there that had all maybe came through, like maybe two or three years of a youth team kind of set up. Um, my brother was in there, Russell Anderson, um, with, uh, Michael Hart, Chris Clark, Ryan Essen was in goals. So with a good base of boys that had all came through the game, it, it kind of shone on the park. Um, but we had all came through and we all kind of knew how each other played. and um, It was a good, good set up. Um, great changing room guys like Jamie McAllister in there as well um, and it was it was you just get that, that feeling that the changing room was good and now this is a good bunch of players we just need to kind of carry on but um, what ended up happening at the end of that season it was a lot of boys left a lot of the older boys left Robbie Winters left um, Derek White left and a couple other main kind of older experienced boys had left as well so we never ended up kind of replacing them um, and then maybe we never really kicked on as a team um, so like I said that <laughs> that team that we had there um, like I mentioned the, the, the European nights you can't knock it um, there were certain other games where we'd, we'd, I think we nine home wins in a row or something we'd, we'd managed to break the record as well at that point um, I think there's a photo of us kind of doing some sort of crawl along the floor. Big Eugene Daddy had scored that night and he'd, he'd started a celebration after the game <laughs> against Celtic. Um, that was like one ninth straight win in the, um, at Petodre. So there's a famous picture of all of us in behind them, kind of walking with hands and knees. Um, so there's a good few there. There's a, good, a lot of good times. A lot of good times. Uh, I spoke to your brother, as you know, and he explained that the next part of your career, the move to Dunfermline, was 
was motivated in the sense that he explained the fact that your that your father was 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 unwell at the time, and that was one of the main reasons that you both chose to join Dunfermline. In terms of Dunfermline as a club, were you was it a move you were you were happy to make in the end, considering the circumstances? This, uh, there was a lot of factors in it. Uh, no, I mean, obviously that was a, a, a big one, but um, I, I mean, I've ex- explained this a lot of times in, in different interviews lately, actually, that it was, uh, I mean, for me personally, we got offered a contract and it was only a one-year contract. It was more than less half my wages. Um, my performance um Money went down as well, massively. Um, so my parents' money, sorry. Um, so it's kind of looking about, you're looking at your contract, I've got one year, I've got half my money. The club's not got any money to bring anybody in. There's another, I think there's about another four or five boys out of a contract as well. And it just and the manager at the time, he was struggling, he was an alcoholic. Training wasn't great. So you're kind of looking at it and going, like, is this where it's going to be? Or are you just going to stay here for the sake of it? Just because you've come through the ranks and all the rest of it. Um, at some point, you need to kick on somewhere. Um, so when we spoke to um, our agent and he came back and said a couple of teams were interested in filming, we're desperate to speak to us. And um, then I spoke to Jimmy Calderwood and um, we just spoke about them filming. But we kind of, we knew about them filming. The filming were doing great. They were a, a, a very, very good team. A lot of very, very good players in our team. Um, so, and their team, as a as a football team, was was a lot better than ours. Um, they're obviously by trying to get myself and Dan in, we're, we're trying to get a bit better as well. Um, so, once we spoke to Jimmy Caldwell and gave it a couple of days or two, he decided it was it was the right move to, to go there, and it was a three-year deal as well, which had us settled. Um, for, for the next three years, you're, you're, you're not worrying too much about what's happening. You can just concentrate and get on to that. And like, obviously, Dan had mentioned to you in his own podcast, um, it was obviously healthy. My dad was a, a big part of it, but um, it did mean we were we were closer to closer to home to keep an eye on things, and, uh, and, and that's what we done. We ended up moving down there. I've got to ask you about Jimmy Calderwood. Darren explained that. As we all know, he's an incredible character. What was he like from your point of view? He was amazing for me, absolutely amazing. Not been any team I was in. He has. I was. I was always playing. I was. Um, he just. He seemed to be one that he knew how to control me. If you know what I mean. He knew what to say to me. He knew what would get me going. He knew what annoyed me to make me do something better. Um, and. The, I liked that about him. It was, he always says it was you know cheeky we get, but I wouldn't have you any any other day. But when it came to the football side of things, when it came to wanting hard training, when it came to not being he's, he's maybe coming up behind you at training and just saying a couple of things to you, he's maybe dropped your runner a few times if you were maybe even playing five sides. You know I mean? I'll just say, we right, you stop dropping your runner, stop. And you're maybe even noticing these things. Um. So he knew a way of, of, of getting through to you, you know what I mean, through actually hammering in front of people or, or whatever. Everybody was different, but I just, I just like, I got on brilliant. Funny guy, when it came to football, everything was 
serious. Uh, tactically, some people might say it was maybe a wee bit far out there, but I mean, it, it, it took a chance at times. Some some games teams wouldn't have realised that we would actually start with a two at the back. It was like a two four four with a right and left back. Now kind of pushed up further, which has become the norm now. Um, but we would start games like that just to try and get on top of people. Um, quite early on and then if you did get a goal or two it would just revert back to a normal kind of 4-4-2 four, four, um, so the two centre-halves had a bit of a job in their hands sometimes maybe the 2v2 at the, at the back at the very very start of the game but it was just different ways he was thinking outside the box at times um, there was times where we were maybe getting beat 1-0 um, in fact I think it was the season before that me and, me and Barn signed they, they were at Dunfermline Dunfermline were at sorry uh, playing Hearts away at Tynecastle and they were I think they were getting beat 1-0 or something, so Jimmy changed it to some crazy formation where they had about four up front, just trying to claw a goal back quite quickly and ended up getting beat about 7-1. But he just took it in the chin. It was just it was just a defeat. It was They were getting beat anyway, so he just went to try and go all out and try and get these goals back because he had enough good players in the team to get goals. But just on that day, it never worked. But that's the kind of thing he'd done, and we liked that. I mean, a lot of the boys would have gone... Well, what about this, what about that? But most of us were going, well, I'd rather be done that than just kind of sat and so different things like that. But like I said, as a guy, brilliant end of season, trip to Magaluf every year. <laughs> um, we'd always see them across there, the two Jimmies. Um, there is, uh, and the two Jimmies and Sandy Clark. So brilliant times, absolutely millions and millions of time for, um, for them. And, um, Anybody ever asks me about my, he's always my number, he's my number one uh, manager that I had. Because as I said, it's it's not just the football side of things, it's the, the stuff away from the, the pitch and not when you can speak to him and you can go on with him and always asking how things are. And so, not really, really nice guy. And I mean, I think a lot of people in Scottish football uh, loved him just for the the, the way he was um, as a manager. In terms of your time at Dunfermline, it was one of the club's kind of best spells since the, the late 1960s. You got to two cup finals in your time there. What was your time like there from, from your point of view of of playing it week in, week out? Because from the outside looking in, as you mentioned earlier, it was it was a really good team that Jimmy put together. And, and as, as I say, you were getting to cup finals. So from a, from myself as a neutral looking in, I'm going, that's a, that's a good team to watch. Uh-huh. Well, that was it. It was like I said, we were there for I was there for three years, but Jimmy only last year. I was only there for one year, um, and it was uh, that first year. We I think we finished club, um, got to the Scottish Cup final, um, and we played some really really good football and a lot of good players in the team, um, like Brewster and Stevie Crawford up front. Um, so it was, it was great. I mean, a, a, a fantastic set of boys, and a, a very, very good changing room. But I think we just we kind of found out just before the season was starting that the club was going to have an extra tough pitch. So within the first game of the season, literally an hour after the game, they were tearing up the pitch to put in the, the worst extra tough pitch in history. And. <laughs> um, and that's even though it wasn't even a lie, it was just like big two metre square, big mats, but within weeks the corners were coming up and these things and the ball was hitting it and flying over your head and 
the crowd are booing her. I mean, it's, it's come up and hitting you in the knee and going at the park, and the crowd are booing you, and you're looking, going, you're blind, can you not see this? Um, but just there was so many things happened in the first year. Uh, it was madness. I mean, we got to Christmas, everybody had to take a pay cut. Um, the highest earners at the club took more of a pay cut than the, the lesser earners, and that's something that I always say every time. That, I mean, it's amazing these guys done that because they didn't need to. They obviously worked their way to get a, get a very, very good wage, and they've been asked to take a higher pay cut than the rest of the boys, and that's a massive thing that people probably don't know much about. Um, so when I think back to that team, it's one of the main things I always think is what a especially the guys that took the higher pay cut, so it was brilliant for them to do that. It just showed you showed you what kind of changing them they had. Um, so that happened as well. So we went for having Dodge Astor Tough Park. Everybody's taking pay cuts left, right and centre to keep the club afloat, but we still managed to carry on. Jimmy kept it together. We got to uh, um, the Scottish Cup final at the end of the season. I think there was something like, am I right, the 20,000 confirmed fans or something managed to make it, 18,000, 20,000. So, um, but the main thing for me that was, I mean, a lot of fans were, were saying is it's the best, if, and I don't know how, because like I said, we were playing in these dodgy pitches. Um, was it's the best if I've seen a Dunfermline team playing football and um, so a lot of that stuff. That's that's the kind of good memories of that that very first season. Um, and like I said, it could have went it could have went wrong massively, uh, but the boys all stuck together. Just get the head down to the end of the season. Um, boys, like I said, took pay cuts left, right, and centre. Um, staff behind the scenes had lost a couple of jobs here and there um, but we still managed to keep it together and get get to the end of the season uh, but unfortunately after that um, Jimmy went up to Aberdeen which obviously later on for me was great but we never knew that at the time um, but a lot of boys left um, because I think under the contract that we had to kind of re-sign the option was to stay then you were kind of free to go at the end of the season so the, the club had your you maybe you were covering themselves so they had their wages um, still there. Uh, to, so we went for being a very, very good team that was playing in a dodgy Asher Tough Park um, and finishing in the Scottish Cup uh, final to um, struggling a bit in the, the next two years. Um, two different managers come in. Um, but for myself, I mean, it's, uh, somebody asked me about that the other day, how it was, and I was like, well, there's two ways to look at it. I played in two Scottish Cup, uh, two Cup finals, um, and I scored two hat-tricks when I was there. Um, we managed to play in Europe a couple of times, um, so that side, it was great. But the other side, it was, I had to play in an Astor Park for a year, and through the three years, I ended up with four operations, uh, the different parts of the body, getting <laughs> getting torn to bits with the astro tough, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, like I said, two two ways to look at it, but the main thing for me was when I was there, the fans were always great. I think they kind of understood that these injuries, are, it's, it's operations I'm getting, it's no wee daft injuries, it's, it's bad 
bad injuries um, and always got on great with the folk behind the scenes. They were folk always going about family clubs and it's the same. I, 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 a good bit is the same as how it is at Aberdeen. Everybody gets on with each other. Um, but there was a, a lot of folk there that had been there for a good few years uh, and couldn't be any nicer to, to everybody. Even on a match day when my, my family were there, um, couldn't help it anymore. So it's a, a, a club that absolutely um, I do love, yep. You left Dunfermline, you had a brief spell at St Johnson before joining Partick Thistle under Dick Campbell. What is Dick Campbell like to work with? <laughs> Dick, Dick, <laughs> Dick Campbell, how do you explain Dick? That hasn't already been said. Um, just <laughs> madness at times. Um, it, it was, uh, how do I say it? I mean, it, obviously very, very good football manager and he knows what he's doing and he's, he gets players in that can play football and um, they know their job he doesn't really need to tell them too much about what they're doing and he sends them out to, to go and to, to go and win a game it's, it's, it's very rare that Dick set out a team that was going to just try and hang in there it was always a team that's um, we're, we're going to go and win this game Right through his career, yeah, but might have might have been at the lower leagues, but he's he's, he's proved that he can. <laughs> he knows how to win leagues, and he, he knows he knows good players. And um, like I said, he's he's got the medals, and he'll tell you about his medals if you ask him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got the league winners' medals, a, a pile of them, and he's he's, he's mantelpiece um, to, to show he knows exactly what he is. But he was great as a guy away from football, amazing. He, Everything that anybody tells you is exactly how he is. So funny. Um, even before games, even some games, some games there wasn't even a team talk. It was just a somebody was up telling a joke, or somebody was up dancing and singing, and um, in between folk maybe getting up and doing thing, he would maybe name the team, and then he would disappear and come back and look for for somebody to tell a joke. <laughs> so these kind of things was was amazing. But you can imagine I'm just kind of. My eyes were kind of wide open to this going, what's going on here? But, um, <laughs> no, great. There's, there's no much more I could, I could say about him. Uh, everything was always... Uh, folk were getting fined as well. I mean, everything always had to be professional. Um, I can remember at Partick when I was there, because I had him at Forfer as well. Yeah. When I was at Partick as well, uh, nobody had to any stubble. He went for that as well. I think that was something that the Rangers used to do at Walter Smith's era. Nobody had any facial hair, any dodgy haircuts were having to get shaved off. Um, so certain things like that, um, he made me laugh. But um, no, great, really, really good guy. I've got to ask you about one thing. I was speaking to Danny Denham today, who who obviously played for him at Arbroath when they, they won the title last year. And, and he said the classic Dick Campbell thing is... If he's if he's annoyed with somebody in the first half, he'll just say you've got five minutes and then you're off. Did you ever get that from him? <laughs> I think I can remember. I think he says to me once, "Are you trying your best? Are you trying your best today to come off the park?" He says, "You you want me to take you off the pitch?" <laughs> and I was one of the older ones as well. I was this was at Forza, and he's just like, "Man, in my head, I'm laughing." But you obviously can't kind of laugh in front of the manager, but I knew where he was coming from because I wasn't having a great game. Um, so there's not, I mean, like I said, we be certain managers or certain ways I speak to people. I mean, because if it was maybe somebody younger, I think he's maybe going to hammer them in their face and shiver them. But 
saying to me that way, it's like a wee kick up the backside. I'm having a joke with you, but get your finger out because you're garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I'm getting at, and that's that's how we go. But some of these shouts would be would be fantastic. Um, so it would um, just the bit of, I can't kind of remember. I'll have a million of them off the top of my head, but it was. He would have a look about him, but like, if you can't play out there, he says, there's maybe in the game. He says, there's more folk at my house <laughs> at New Year than there is in, in the stadium. <laughs> so that was his shout all the time. You can't play, if you can't play out there, there's no point of playing football. Um, so these daft coats, there's millions of them going about. Uh, I'm pretty sure other folk I'll tell you them about as well. But no, great guy, love him. You played well at Partick and you get the chance to, to get back to Aberdeen under Jimmy Calderwood, who we talked about earlier. When Aberdeen came in for you, just how emotional was it for you getting to return to the club that had done so much for you as a youngster? Um, I, I, I don't, like I said, I, I, I've done my year at Partick. Um, I'd been at, like I said, I'd, I'd left them filming after three years and got released for there. Um, like I said, I was, I was, fitness was up and down, um, four operations, so it was, I'd, I'd been released and off I went um, and ended up at Parkick. And it was just a case of getting myself together, making sure I was fit and playing as, as, as many games as I, as I could. Um, and I think I ended up playing something like 36 games that season. Um, scored six, six, seven or eight goals, I can't even remember. Uh, but that was... That's all I had in my head was just turn up, train, um, work your backside off. And then when it comes to Saturday, just make sure you're you're doing all the right things. I always done when I was at the, the start at Dunfermline when I was in a time where I've been where I was as, as high as it was um, as a, as in your standards when you were playing the teams that you were playing and just try to keep them in your head. Um, and that's what I've done. That's what I just just get my head down. I would um, just get in it with a bit of a, a riot of the team, as in changing room. It was madness, just complete madness. So you had to kind of <laughs> keep yourself involved with the, the changing room, but at, at the same time, kind of keep things at arm's length because um, you could get roped into all sorts of the bad guys there. It was guys like Jimmy Gibson, Billy Gibson, Mark Roberts. Um, Steph McConnellog, if you remember Steph, these type of guys. Um, so it was, the changing room was a handful, but um, no, I, I got through that year. Like I said, got to the end of the season, 36 games. Um, fitness was back where it should be, um, playing, hardly an injury. So um, I can remember kind of, it was getting close to the, the, the start of the uh, pre season. Actually, pre-season had started, and I've got a few other teams were interested in signing me for the, the championship. And I've got a phone call at an over for Jimmy to say the fancy coming back up to to Aberdeen. I thought he was kidding on, uh, but when he explained to me what was happening, he says I've got one more wage, and he, he says I need somebody that can put this. This, this was obviously summed me up to a T. By him saying this, he says, I've got one more wage. He says, I need somebody that I can trust and that can play all over the place for me when needed. <laughs> and I'm laughing the phone. And he says, No, he says, I'm being honest. He says, Then I've got, 
a set team. I've got more or less respect, like including young boys. He says I've got more or less two boys in every position that I'm looking at. He says I've got one more wage to to go, and he says I spoke to Jimmy and I spoke to Sandy, and um, the, the three is just think you would be ideal to come back up the road, and we've obviously been keeping an eye on you. Had a couple of scouts at some of the games just to make sure you were you weren't messing about when you were doing the championship playing the Partick and whatever, and uh, they wanted me to come back up, so it was it was an absolute no-brainer. Um, so thankfully, that's what happened. Uh, and like I said, there was a couple of phone calls later, and I was I was back up the road to to go and sign. Um, it was probably one of the, the, the best had it was probably the, the highlight in my career to be honest, was was going back up the road. How did it compare to your first spell at the club? Um it was to be fair, I, I mean my first spell when I was there, I, I have I think I left when I was twenty three, so now I was I was twenty seven. Um in fact I left my when I was twenty two. So I've been away for four years and came back. Um, so I've come back a lot more mature kids. I was married. Um, so a lot of it outside of my, my my life had changed massively as well. Um, but I moved up, and at 27, it's meant to be your peak as a footballer. So it was um, probably was that that season was was great for me. Ended up uh, like you said, we get into um, Jimmy says to me that you're not going to be a starter. And I says to him, like when he first was signing, he says, you need to work your backside off in a team. And I says to him, aye, that's fine. I says, I'll just bide my time and get myself in. And I knew when I came in straight away, because I'd been working my backside off all pre-season, and I, I knew I would just need to get myself up to the, the same level as the boys. Fitness-wise, I think I was fine, but obviously there's, there's a big difference between running about a park all day long and, and somebody chucking in to play football with a team like Aberdeen. Um, so I had to get into that level of football um, and I did I, I hurt the ground running to be honest with you and I went into a changing room that I used probably three quarters of the team um, and I obviously knew the place inside it so it was it was not as if I was coming out of darkness and I didn't know anything about the place so it was easy enough for me to just come back in but we had a great season that season we made it into the Europa League and played some fantastic teams more Great European nights at Pretoria. Um One of my best games, or my highlight in my career, was playing away at Atletico Madrid, team full of all sorts of superstars um, at their stadium as well. Just the atmosphere that night was just it was incredible. Uh, and like I said, we went, we went on to get through to the next the next stages of that. And um, I just I was I ended up injured um, in the later. Stages of the Europa League that the boys done well and managed to get get a draw against uh, Bayern Munich. So just to be around all that as well, I might not have been there and played, but just being involved in that, the full city and everything was just going crazy. Um, but that was that was great. It was a that, that was a fantastic time. I came back up and it was over the moon that the, the Jimmy had brought me because, like I said, I, I can remember we we had beat. Um, Oh, I can't remember the team. It was we beat, beat them. Uh, Drew, in fact, we drew one each away uh, to get ourselves through. 
and I can remember just sitting there in the change room after thinking, I've just managed to get myself through to the Europa League here. This, this time last year, I was playing the party and the, it was like the Challenge Cup or whatever it was, so there was a, a massive, massive difference in the uh, jump um, standard of the competitions that I was playing in, so I was just laughing away at myself. Um, but that's, that's football, that's, it can change like that, and you, you're thankful for when you get things like that. I remember that UEFA Cup spell very well. I mean, one of the players I remember from that era, Aberdeen, you played alongside him, obviously, was Jamie Smith. He was obviously at Celtic as a young player in, in Aberdeen previously, but he was on fire, I remember, in that kind of spell. What was that team like to play li- with and what was Jamie like as a player? It was a great team. <laughs> Jeez, it was a brilliant team. Um, um, Jamie Smith, I, was, I think the highlight for him was the, the Copenhagen game. Um, he scored the goals. I mean, but it wasn't just goals; they were absolute wonder goals. I mean, goals that will be <laughs> shown through right all the way through Aberdeen's uh, Aberdeen's history. Um, it was just uh, it was it was great. We'd, we'd, like I said, there's so many good players. With Barry Nicholson in there as well. With Scott Severin, um, Jackie McNamara was with us as well. Um, a good few games Jackie was playing behind me I was playing right mid Jackie was playing it right back and just brilliant just talking you right through a game even when the ball like I said it's, and, and it's a massive, it makes a massive difference but somebody's just on your back not in a bad way but just keep me going keep me going keep me going so um, Jackie played brilliant um, just great players big Lee Miller up front um, Shawnee Orko um, fantastic as well so we had a team for the, a lot of good talent and it was just a case of trying because what happens with that team was right up until Christmas we were still even after Christmas I think right up to Christmas we were still in everything we were still in all the cups we were still in Europe we were we had a slow start to the league but we had started kicking on but we'd, we were playing uh, was that was it Thursday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, all the way for bloody months? It was it was incredible. Uh, and you can imagine that the, the training that was we were barely doing anything. You were coming in, you were having a day off, maybe coming in the next day, and you were, you were maybe getting a wee small touch of the ball. But then it was a rub and whatever else, and then it was case of you having to now prepare for a a European game away to um, Panathinaikos away in Greece. But it's about 38 degrees at night um, so this kind of thing was just amazing just trying to get used to this and um, trying to get your legs back was was a big thing because back then Aberdeen weren't massive for sports science so you were just trying your best to um, listen to people what they were they were, they were telling you and trying to get your legs back and your body back in one piece um, but no, we did a great Great team that year. Um, just unfortunately, it got it got broke up just around about Christmas. Just after Christmas, a couple of teams came in and stole a few of our players, and then uh, in the summer, a few bodies went as well. That was great. Jimmy Calderwood eventually leaves the club, and he's replaced by Mark McGee. What was it like working under McGee? Because he went through a spell where he was very highly rated in management here in Scotland. <laughs> um. <laughs> Me and Mark McGee, um, where'd I go with that? <laughs> um, never got off to a good start, we never finished well either. Um, to be honest, 
it was just it was it, somebody had asked me that was the cracker. It was somebody had asked me a while before Jimmy had even left um, about um, upcoming managers or something Scotland managers and managers that have been impressed. And I can always remember somebody asking me this interview, and I'd, I'd always said, "Oh, Mark McGee's doing a great job at Mullerwell. Must be good to work under Mark McGee. They look like they're playing well." And then it, it ended up happening months later that Mark McGee came to Aberdeen and. For myself, it was not it was not brilliant, because um, it never started. I never started. They just kind of never had any plans to start. There nothing, no cross words were ever said. We never had a fight about anything. Just he, he had it, and he said that I was not was not involved kind of for the start. Um, so even through pre-season, I could kind of tell nothing was going. But it came to everybody in pre-season usually gets a, enough minutes in their legs, but. I wasn't getting as much minutes as everybody else, uh, and I'd kind of asked him about it, and he said, "Oh no, no, don't worry, you'll be, you'll be starting the next game." So the next game came, and I never started. Um, and then the following week, we were playing. Yeah, uh, no, I'm perfect. We were playing. No, I kind of remember it wasn't playing somebody in Europe. Because um, we'd managed to with Jimmy Calderwood, but just before he left that, that the day that we left, we got. Um, We'd won at home and we were, we were in Europe again the following season. Um, so the first game was European game we were playing, whoever it was. And uh, like I said, I hadn't been in his plans. He'd hardly spoke to me. Um, and then he, he pulled me on the Tuesday at training and says, and there were boys injured, left, right and centre. Bodies everywhere. And uh, out of nowhere, he pulls me. And I thought, oh, here we go. And he says to me, you ever played right back before? <laughs> And I'm looking at him, just I'm waiting for a lot of points line off him or something. And I said, um, no, I've never played right back. And he went, do you think you could play there? And I was like, possibly I. He said, but I've never ever attempted to play there. I said, but. And then he says, right, well, he says, I'm going to kind of try and name the team today. He says, we're struggling for right backs. He says, if everything goes away, as I think so and so and injured and whoever else is injured, he says, you're going to be playing right back. So I was like, all right, swung in at the deep end. <laughs> so we chucked in it right back against whoever it was we played. We ended up getting beat five one, I think it was. But we get battered, we get battered that night, um, and deservedly so. We weren't very good. We were all over the place tactically, um, fitness wise. We weren't great pre-season. I mean, and that's not just me speaking myself. I'm trying to bad move them, but it was near. It was near good pre-season that the boys had um, a lot of experienced boys that were there were kind of saying the same thing nobody felt actually match fit when it came to the start of the season um, so like I said he's, he's played me right back um, not had the world's greatest game um, and he's come in and he's hammering everybody and he's came to me and he says see you son you're going to have to find, find yourself an effing position and I thought I'm pretty sure I'm doing you the biggest favour ever here because there was nobody else to put in that position. Um, and he just, I just kind of took it for then. I was like, right, that's it. So I, I think I sat on the bench for the next 11 games or 10 games um, and I never come on. Neither I did. I sat on the bench for a hell of a long time and um, then I finally... I'd come on as a sub against somebody and uh, I think it was Hibs finally got on part for about 
15, 20 minutes uh, and done quite well. And then the following week, we were playing Rangers at home with injuries again. And he's pulled me and says to me, he's going to start me in the middle of the park. I was like, that's fine, that's no bothering me. So we ended up, long story cut short, played the game. We played very well. We won 1-0. Um, I'd get man of the match. Um, so I ended up staying in the team at the end of the season. Um, where Furry told me that he just apologised for keeping out the team um, and then putting in the team and I've, I've kicked on and I've played. So at the end of the season, they, they couldn't have been any nicer to me. Um, helped because we were, like I said, the club are struggling as well in the league and he's telling me I helped keep the club up. That Anybody asks how good's Derek Young been for you? That's the first question he's been asking and everybody keeps asking. Um, so I felt great going into next season, had a good pre-season <laughs> and then he pulls me just the week before the new season to say, look, I've signed a couple of other midfielders. He says, you're going to start the season on the bench. He says, if I don't don't play these two boys, I'm going to look what I've something in front of the fans. I say, so, so all that last season doesn't mean anything anymore. I've had a, a great pre-season. They've done well. I'm fit. And he says, oh, it's just, that's just how it is. So I was back to square one again the following season. So needless to say, it being really, really bad when he left. I was showing the door. I was waving. <laughs> <laughs> so I was... When Craig Brown comes in, what was Craig like compared to McGee? Craig was good. Craig, Craig came in with Archie. Um, it's a good cop and bad cop, as we can probably call them. Uh, but I mean, Craig's a guy, tactically, um, knew that he was doing. The two of them were really, really good. Training ground, good. Um, just wee snippets from Craig that I just... I, maybe... As I was being old, one of the older ones, you're maybe looking at Craig as being a bit old, being bad. Um, but I, I mean, a lot of football stuff that he did actually can come out with was, was brilliant. It was, was, was really, really good. Just simple things about the game that had maybe been lost in the past season with Mark McGee. Um, and we just bought, I mean, I just went back to basics and done stuff that ended up getting us a lot of. Um, Decent results that put us out a bit, bit at a hole, but it was it was always funny because it didn't matter what the result was or whatever. Craig would always come in and shake everybody's hand, so you could have been beat maybe two one or get beat two 0 or something. Craig will come in and shake everybody's hand and say thanks very much, and then he'll go on and say we had ten shots at goal with five in target. They had three shots in goal and two in target, and they've won two 0 and we had 10 corners and they only had two or whatever and we had more or less and more of that and they would go on and they would try and make it look positive but two seconds later Archie would just snap and uh, before you knew it it was effing and blinding about this guy and that guy and you son you're going to have to find yourself a new club you need to get yourself onto an agent he says because that's about four weeks in a row you've been hopeless and <laughs> Archie just blown up left right and centre after Chris just try to, try to smooth it and make it look alright um, so as like I said, there's been around for a bit. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in the corner going, Jesus, like obviously your your head's pickled because you've just been beat, but you're laughing because he's trying to play it calm and Archie's just completely lost the plot. Um, so 
yeah, no, it was it was it was good. I, I enjoyed my time with the two of them. Um, I mean, it's, it sounds dark, but I had a good time with them. But it was great that that's what I was doing. But what he did do was in the last three games of the season. I think they two at home and one away, and I've ended up on the This was after we'd kind of spoke to everybody that was at a contract and says to myself, it was, it was just when they let me go and try something new and all the whatever. Um, he, he says, look, I want you to be the captain for the last three games. You, you more than deserve it. You've done a lot of stuff for the club, and um, so that was uh, I was honoured to go and take it off him. It was, it was it had been on. It, he already spoke to Alexander Diamond. He he was the captain uh, at the time. And Xander came on, gave me the, the captain's armband before the, one of the games. So it was it was good. I enjoyed it and. It's, a, it's something I can say that I've done, you know what I mean? I've captained I've been in games. Yeah, it must have been different, different circumstances, but I'm done it for a good while. And, and I captained Aberdeen as well for a, for two or three games. So something I can I can tell people. Two. It's a pub quiz question. <laughs> Definitely. Um, after two good spells at Aberdeen, you end up getting a move to Iceland, which kind of came out the blue for, for, for fans like myself. Didn't see that one coming. How did that move happen? What had kind of happened there was I wasn't sure what I was doing. Um, but the, the missus was, we were up here, we were settled. My missus had got a good job. Um, my daughter was away to start school. Um, so she was. Uh, and I had a wee boy as well, he was still young. Um, so it was a case of what was going to happen. So we kind of sat here and kind of waited it out to see what was what was happening. Um, with trying to get a club and a lot of clubs were at the time they were struggling um, a lot of clubs hadn't any money um, for anything so everybody was just kind of waiting and waiting um, so I ended up doing a lot of pre-season stuff myself I'd actually get the Aberdeen um, physio or to, to, to send me through the stuff that they were trying to do, do there um, so I just kept myself fit and it was actually um, Robbie Winters that had phoned me, good pal of Robbie's, and Robbie, Robbie Winters was out in Iceland at the team, and he'd, he'd phoned me and said, look, what are you doing? I said, nothing much, I've got a couple of teams kind of sniffing about, I said, but I'm still waiting and teams getting back. And he says, look, he says, so, he says, it's the start of the month, he says, from whatever to the end of August, he says, we've got five games, Icelandic, uh, Grindavik they were called he says we've got five games he says if, if you've not been training and all this he says why don't you come over here play the five games you obviously get paid the money um, you'll get paid everything else is looked after you'll just come and stay with me um, and then when it comes to the end of August you just get released to the contract and you come back to Scotland as a free agent again and then you just you can go and sign with whoever else so that's what I mean. It wasn't easy, like I said. The missus was here with two kids as well, and I thought, you know what? It's, it's for for me, maybe being a bit selfish. I thought it gets me away, won't play football, and it's not just a case I'm training with people. I'm actually playing real games, and it was a couple of the games that we're playing were against um, two of the better sides in the league. Um, so that's what I done. But there was another, another one, two, three. Boy Jamie McConney as well was over there. Jamie used to play with um, Dundee United. He was at Aberdeen as well, I think. 
Jamie, I should know that. Um, and uh, I played with Jamie at Fairmont. But um, so that's what I've done. I, I went out there and played the played the five games and got got myself a, a, a bit of fitness out of it. Um, and we never get beat. We played the five games. I think we drew three and one two. Um, and the, the team ended up, I think they were sitting third bottom of the league or something, so there was a panic on. Um, so they ended up they ended up staying up. Um, so it was great. But it was a good time, it was it was good fun. Um I mean it opens your eyes to things. It was, it's the first time when you kinda of go away and you're worried because of stupid things. I don't speak the language, I don't know what the hell's going on in Iceland or the rest of it. But the, the, the funny thing about it was everybody across here is fantastic English, brilliant. Um, but when I went into the changing room, it was, it, was a, it turned into some sort of Glaswegian accent that everybody in the changing room had. All these Icelandic boys <laughs> on the English they were speaking. It was Robbie Beanie's typical Weegee voice and Jamie McConney chucking out his accent as well. It had turned this changing room into all sorts. All right, mate, how are you getting on? Did you bring any iron brew back with you? Um, all this kind of house things just speaking absolute Glaswegian slang it was it was amazing so straight away when I went in I was myself laughing I thought right, this is good I can I can deal with this What was the standard like and what was it like to live in Iceland? The standard was uh, some of it was okay um, I, mean, I mean it was at certain times it was a lot of boys I thought yeah they, they were good um, like I said it was we, we were third bottom of the league so we were only one of the, the better sides uh, but like, some of the teams we played against were, were decent good good set up big, big teams that, that play in Europe quite a lot uh, and the fans are just as might not be millions of them but they're just as passionate they're just they're, you can hear them constantly um, but it was a good time like I said there was, there was a good few bodies in the my, my team anyway that were um, decent uh and the, the, the thing that I always say, everybody, and I mean, we have a go part-time boys across here. Go them, but these boys go at seven in the morning. Probably come back at four, or five at night and training every single night. Well, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and um, run every night, more or less, for training for an hour and a half, two hours as well. So they're going to work at seven in the morning. Finishing at half four or five, maybe squeezing something to eat, coming to training at six, half six or whatever it is, and training through to maybe half seven, eight, and then going back home, sort myself out to then go and do it again the next day. So that's that's how that works across there. Um, so it's not just the you training on a Tuesday and training on a Thursday and you've got a game on a Saturday. These boys are at it constantly. Uh, Absolute workaholics, and they don't moan about it. That's just the norm across there, and that's just what they that's just what they do. That's that's it. And they're obviously want to get a move to a bigger club and don't want to be working. But um, if they don't manage it and they're, they're, they're playing there for that, that's that's fine because that's what they're used to and they'll still go on. But they're happy to do it. You come back from Iceland and you join my. Hometown club, club I've had a season ticket at for many a year, Greenock Morton. What was that like working under Alan Moore and coming to play at Capelo? Yeah, it was it was decent enough. My only problem with it was I was I was staying in Aberdeen at the time. <laughs> so 
I was travelling. We came to a kind of an agreement that I would I would come down on a Monday. I would come back up. I would come drive down on a Monday morning. I would drive back up after training Monday afternoon. And then Tuesday I was going and train with Aberdeen. Uh, Wednesday I was at the gym. And then I would drive down Thursday night and stay with my mum down in Glasgow. So I trained Thursday, trained Friday, and played the game on the Saturday, and then I would drive back up to Aberdeen. Uh, Jeez, oh. So it was a bit of a, a, a trek um, for a game of football, but I just, I was, I'd been speaking to be Peter McDonald. And he'd been saying that the manager was was one that he came in or he was asking how things were and um, he kind of kept me in the loop and they were a decent enough side that could maybe have um, done uh, went on a bit but we never it never kind of kicked on uh, never had a, a, a great season every time we try we won a couple of games it just seemed to, and I, that something was in the corner that would. Um, bring us back down um, but I had a great time there I mean a lot of boys a lot of very good players there um, we Tidza was there at the time we Freddie in the middle of the park um, fans favourite Freddie could do no wrong um, up front um, who did we have up front we Pizzo Peter Wellerson Peter Wellerson yeah yeah um, so it was guys like that I mean it was very very funny boys uh, so but it was, like I said, it was, you were, and it's not been, I'm, I'm trying, it's not trying to be like heady, but you're going, going for a, a stand-up to then a bit of a mismatch kind of team. Some good players, some boys kind of on their down, <laughs> downward spiral, if you know what I mean. Um, so sometimes... <laughs> Even at training, you'd be thinking, Jesus, it needs to be better than this. It needs to stand up no great. But then other weeks, it looked fine and it looked good. It was just, uh, we could never, it was never settled. Like I said, it, it, when it became a Saturday, you probably felt it as a fan. You weren't too sure who was, who was coming out the tunnel, whether it was the real Morton team or uh, yep. some makeshift team that was that was going to come out, because you never knew. We just couldn't seem to get the balance right at all. Uh, so it was a bit of an up and down season. Um, but like I said, I was, I'm travelling hundreds of miles every week to, to go and play football. So I went down there and gave it everything I could. Uh, and that's what I've done. Um, and I was thankful that not mean I got to play there for a year. After Morton, you go to Queen of the South and... You have a really good time there. You won the second division and you also won the Challenge Cup. What was your time there like for those two seasons? Because from the outside looking in, on paper, it was very successful. It was amazing. It was, it was absolutely. Um, like I said earlier on, there was some highlights in my career and that's a massive one for me. Yeah, it might not be at an Aberdeen or a, a Dunfermline in the Premier League, but um, I think it was whatever, 30-odd um, Sandy Clark was there with, with Alan Johnson uh, Alan, I think it was his first year and just everything about it I, I knew Sandy from the time at Dunfermline from the time at Aberdeen and I, I kept in contact with him uh, so I've been speaking to him and it was actually his, his son Nicky got a hold of me on Facebook or something along those lines some sort of social media thing and asking him what I was doing and I said oh, just a couple of things but 
nothing that I'm too interested in at the moment. And then I think it was his dad, I think Sandy had phoned me, asked what I was doing, and asked me to go down into pre season with him and just speak to them. So I went down in pre season and uh, they'd just been relegated that the year before. So done pre season and I'd, um, it was great. I think I'd done it, I think it was in for a couple of weeks and I spoke to a lot of the boys and uh, I knew a lot of them anyway. But it was just, I just, just something was telling me to stick around there. I mean, it was that way, yeah, it's it miles away again, but just, a lot of very, very good players, a lot of boys, experienced boys in the team, a lot of young boys, which I thought could go on and do very well and prove to be right. Uh, but, yeah, so I came in agreement with them as well that I would, I would only come down in the, uh, I would train with Aberdeen uh, on a Monday up here and go to the gym on a Tuesday just to keep myself fit and then I would go down like I said go down and either stay with my brother or, or stay with my mum uh, down in Glasgow and then I would train there the Thursday, Friday then go and, go and play a game on a Saturday um, so it was kind of more or less the same setup as I had it um, down at Morton but it was, it was good like I said it, it was, we got off to a good start and it's one of these things, you know, once you keep running and running and running, the confidence flies through everybody. Nicky Clark ended up with 44, 45 goals, something crazy like that, that year. Um, and we just seemed to go on. We seemed to have a very, very good team. Everybody worked hard and everything was done professional. Uh, a lot of video analyst stuff that, that came from Alan Johnson, which a lot of boys maybe hadn't seen before, and it was great because it, it kind of highlighted everything you need to do on the Friday. And then, bang, you turn up on the Saturday, it's already stuck in your head. They do this, they do that, this is where they are at corners. And there's a couple of guys that have been doing well. Um, so they, you had all the information before. Um, so a lot of boys maybe never had this before. Uh, and it was great, great for them. Um, and for myself, cause I, I just seemed to fit in quite well. We just sat there and played in the middle of the park. And had a lot of guys around about me that could that had legs, you see. Um, so I just went in there and most of the time it was, you're just trying to control the game and get the ball and move it forward and um, just keep talking to everybody and that's what happened uh, and we've done well like I said we, we ended up getting through the Challenge Cup final we beat Rangers at Ibrox uh, in penalties and I think that was maybe in the quarters um, so there was something like 30 odd thousand at Ibrox for that game as well um, so I can imagine um, what a night that was for the, the Queen of the Queen of the South fans as well to have a result like that. So the the, the full time I was doing there was, was fantastic. Like I said, when you finish the season with the league winners and um, win the Challenge Cup, and we beat we beat Partick in the final. Partick were getting promoted to the Premier League that year, um, and managed to beat them in the final in penalties as well. So um, no, a lot of a lot of. Um, Good memories for down there. Uh, to say this, had a lot of time for a lot of people down there. A lot of folk do stuff there for for nothing and just the love of the club. And it's uh, no, it's great. Absolutely loved it. Two good years there, and then you you go to Forfar again. This with Dick Campbell was the fact it was closer to home, and it was Dick Campbell. The reasons behind the move. The, the closer to home thing definitely was. Um, that's that was it. I'd, when I was moved up, when I was finishing the season, actually, and I spoke, spoke to, I was actually Billy Dodds and Jim McIntyre were the um, 
the, the coaching staff now, don't they? Jim McIntyre was a manager. And I'd actually spoke to Dodgy just before the end of the season. Because we were just talking, because like I said, I've known Dodgy forever. Um, like I said, I made my debut up front there. Um, so I was just talking to him about like, the following year, and I was saying I was just going to stay up up the road and too much travelling. and I was I was getting older as well, you know what I mean? And the, the manager, I wasn't playing as, as, as much as I would like to have. Um, and the injuries were kind of creeping in here and there, just injuries out of nowhere when nothing's happened and nobody's made you and you were waking up the next day really sore. So um, I didn't know if a lot of the travelling was maybe down to, down to that. So, um, and it was, I think it was about time the missus was maybe had enough of me by this point, travelling and living in a car. Um, so I just left, just well, anybody that asked about me signing teams down the road, I just left it and then, um, it was actually I can't remember was it Dick Campbell that phoned I think it was it was Dick that actually phoned me um, so you can imagine that conversation as well <laughs> um, and basically there's only one team you're signing for and it's for <laughs> come down and see me we'll speak about it we'll speak about numbers blah 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 so like I said it was it was perfect for me it was just straight on the motorway down to fourth I think it was about 35-40 minutes uh, Tuesday night Thursday night Game on Saturday, um, plenty of time for me to rest my my old legs as well. Um, so uh, that's what I've done. And we, we we did have a successful year. Just tipped at the post at the end. We obviously got into the, the the playoffs to get up into the championship. We, we never quite managed to beat uh, Falkirk. I'm sure it was we got beat with. Um, but no, it was. Uh, uh, in fact, was that, that was Aloha. Aloha beat us that year. Um, and then the, um, the following year, I think it was Falkirk. Um, so, no, it was a lot of good. Um, no, in fact, I'm getting that mixed up. Let me see. Fourth one was Aloha. Aloha beat us. That was it. Uh, Aloha beat us in the, to get into the championship. So, um, But with a, good, with a good season. It was a season that we could be proud of. Um, but the following year, um, boys left. Just other boys come in, as as usually happens. But we just couldn't seem to kick on, um, and just everything we done went wrong, and we ended up getting relegated at the at the end of the year. Um, so that was a a massive blow, as you can imagine. Um, you're going to should have, we should have, we should have held on. We should have well enough to get into the, the championship when all of a sudden we were getting relegated to down to League 2 uh, and to be honest we deserved that it wasn't anything that was, you can't stand to blame anybody we just weren't good enough and the players were there weren't they good enough um, so uh, that's what happened we got relegated and uh, that's how it finished After four for you had a brief spell in the Highland League what was that like compared to playing senior football? Um, the, the, the Highland League was just something different, to be honest. Um, an Aberdeen thing. Um, a lot of, I know a lot of boys that play in the Highland League, and I know a good few people that were, were coaching in it. And uh, it was just I'd, 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 I was thinking of retiring as well because the injuries were creeping in again, as I said. Um, and then um, I spoke to one or two of the Highland League teams, and like I said, one of the one of the better ones for Martin. Uh, it's 
spoke to the boy in there, spoke to the uh, few, like I said, I knew probably four or five of the boys that, that, that played for them, uh, got to speak to them, uh, then I, I went in and spoke to the manager and I thought, you know what, why not, I'm just I'm coming to the end of my career. Um, I'd felt good for the past couple of months, um, no injuries, I've been out running and keep myself fit and all the rest of it and I thought, right, I'll get a wee, I'll give it a go. Um, and that's what I done, and it was it was decent enough. Um, we had a decent enough team. We just um, we got to a cup final. We just get beat in that last uh, get beat uh, last kick of the ball. I'm sure it was against Cove and won in the cup final. So, um, but no, that was, I, I knew after that. I just I, I thought to myself, you know, what this is. I'm enjoy playing football now, or am I just doing it for the sake of doing it? And fighting my body for it and I just thought no that's it's time to like probably the first question you asked me earlier on what am I doing now that was probably then about the time I thought that's that's what I'm going to do I'm, I'm going to go in and see Neil Simpson and uh, the guys at Aberdeen and Chief was a, a chance for me to, to go in there uh, and thankfully like I said after after that season it was and that's that's where I am now and, and, and loving every minute of it um, so that was <laughs> That was that. It. it was something different. Uh, I went away and done it. I went on some treks on the bus right through the um, the Highlands, seen some sights. Uh, so yeah, that that was it. That was uh, I think my last game was away to Wick. So it was away game. So you're talking about four and a half hours um, on a pitch. It was kind of slanted. Bobbly as hell, gale force wind, the rain came and went. I fell out with the manager at half time. Um so that was my that was my final game of football. <laughs> so I finished in a high. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you to finish with a round of quick fire. First of all, best players you played with. Say that again. Uh, best players you played with? Um best players I played with um Ian Jess, he was my favourite player. Love Jesse. Um, and I better say Darren. No, I better chuck Darren in there. <laughs> <laughs> when he was on, he, asked, he was lucky to play with me. He what? was lucky to play with me. <laughs> when he was on, asked him the question, so I'm going to ask you, who was a better player, you or Darren? Um, the better centre mid was probably Darren, but. I think all round I would probably say myself because I did play ended up playing all over the place. Um, but Dan was the captain of Aberdeen. I think when he was twenty one, um, made his debut, full debut, and he was seventeen. Scored in Europe when he was seventeen. So, um, so he was he, he was a very very good good player. Just had a couple of bad injuries that slowed him down. Um, or he would have still been kicking on somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, uh, no, I was. Uh, I, I think all round, I'll go with myself. <laughs> you can have some of that. <laughs> what was it like playing with your brother and also playing against him? It was fine. It was, it was easy, easy playing with him. It was something they'd done, like I said, forever. It was nothing, nothing different. There's just somebody else in the park that kind of you knew. Um, but we knew each other that well. You know, what I mean, it was at the he would get the ball in certain positions and I would be already, like if I was playing up front, 
Abadora, they'd be making a run or they knew it would be coming to feet. Just, I'm not going to start going into it was telepathic or anything like that, it's just because when you read each other inside out, and that's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, they played with each other every other day, and it just carried on when they played in the park. Um, and uh, that was fine. And, and when they played against each other, it was. I'm pretty sure he got booked. Um, I'm trying to think the first game. We were meant to actually play against each other. He was still at Dunfermline, and I was at um, Partick with, with two of them in the cup. And Darren ended up injured and I, I played, so he, he missed out that game. But we ended up playing. Um, I was at Queen of the South and he was uh Allo at the time. And we beat them in the, we beat them, what was it, 5 1 or something, and ended up 4 1 5 1. Um, the first first game of the season, it was a, a Challenge Cup game or something, but just near the end of the game, as the ball came to me in midway park, and I chested it going forward, and within, <laughs> within two steps, I was halved in two and put upside down. <laughs> Damn ended up where I didn't. So uh, that's how that went. That was how the, our first game against each other went. I won. I get the win bonus, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Dan's obviously doing really well as a manager now. Are you considering being a manager in your own right going forward? Um, to be honest, no, not at the moment. Um, I've been asked that question a lot of times. Um, I've actually been offered jobs um, to be a manager, to be assistant manager um, at a decent level, um, and I've just I've, I've just started coaching. It's just that's it's in my head that I always wanted to coach academy players and realistically, we're off to be in full time and helping coach under 18s and. Um, coach the reserves, that kind of thing. Then I think, I think once you do that, I mean, I know a lot of people that have done it, and they they get the bug. Uh, yep, I wanted a manager. That's what I want to be. And it's, for me, at the moment, I'm still. Yep, I'm learning this, that, and the next thing. And like I said, I've got two part-time jobs here, which let me learn off people. I mean, twice a day, just to say. Um, so just a lot of things that I want to get. In it in my head first before I would maybe step out and go, you know what, I'll maybe, maybe go for it. Um, I, I mean, it sounds daft, there's people fighting each other to get jobs like that, but it was, uh, it was two jobs that I, I thought, you know, that's maybe too much for me at the moment. That's um, um, I'll, I'll just keep getting on, getting my experience with the, with the young boys, and it's going great. There's a lot of young boys there, and the, the, the teams that I've had have, been, have, have done quite well, so... Um, so I'll, I'll keep that going at the moment but who knows who knows in the future in the future that's a question I'm interested to ask you might not want to answer it but obviously Dan's doing really well hope he continues in an upward trajectory if he was to get a big job and he asked you to work with him would you consider it? I would consider it yeah it would be, be daft not to um, like I said he wants me to go and help him just now um, he's wanted me to go and help him for the past two years <laughs> Um, but it's I mean like I'm still in Aberdeen I'm, I'm, I'm just say two and a half hours away you know what I mean it's, it's not just around the corner it's you're an hour down the road and you're doing training and back up the road sort of thing um, it's a it's a shift um, to, to to go and help him where he is just now and he's, he's doing he's, he's doing great just now him and uh, Tony are in there and now doing doing really well and uh, hopefully that will continue and he, he does he does get Things like when he's, he's had interviews for other jobs, 
um, bigger jobs. Uh, so there's, there's people out there keeping an eye on him and they're, they're not after but they know that he's doing a good job and he has done for the past four four years, five years that he's, he's been he's been managing and he's he loves it where he is. He's, 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 I mean, he's on the recruitment and uh, the board and he's got a good settled team. So it's it's looking good for him at the moment. But if it did happen, then it's, it's a different not many story on it. You need to see if it's worth your while um, going and doing it. And uh, but I'll see if that happens. Then it's, it gives me something to think about. Last question I've got for you, Derek, is if you could play under any manager in the modern game, who would it be and why? Game, jeez. He was at, at this moment in time. He would probably see that you're going. You're going Klopp or, or Guardiola, aren't you? It's just what I like about both of them is it's. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go Guardiola for the simple reason is every single player seems to know where they're meant to be, what they're meant to do in every single position in the park. It's not a case of we've, we've got forward, right, it's up to you, it's going, going use, like maybe Klopp, going use three attack. These are that good at players, I can leave you to go and attack. As it seems to be at Barcelona and at Man City or Bayern Munich where Pep seems to have been, it was, everything just seems to be like clockwork. Everybody just seems to fall into a position and fall into place exactly at the right time. And then bang, it's a goal. Bang, bang, bang. And it's just, everything looks set up, if you know what I mean. And it just constantly, nobody seems to be able to handle it. Only only very rarely do you, do you see them struggling against somebody. Um, so I'd maybe go away. I would maybe go away. Guardiola, because I'd like to just be involved and see what the, he's actually doing at training and how much work's actually going into that and because um, it just looks it just looks brilliant it looks it's different class brilliant thanks for joining me Derek and I wish you all the best with your coaching going forward and I hope the academy continues to produce very good players that, that you and your brother over the years to come uh, well we've just spent 14 million in a training ground so I better start doing something <laughs> <laughs> so we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in a deep sea and our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make her home